MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSN, the sports betting network. Welcome to it, folks. The show is Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host. As always, we are live here just outside of Chicago, Des Plaines, Illinois, to be exact. Bet Rivers Sportsbook here in the Rivers Casino, previewing Monday Night Football. And my producer and I were just talking. Somehow the Giants always find themselves, it seems, on primetime. We don't want it, but the NFL is forcing it to us down our throats. But regardless, we're looking for betting opportunities for it and to help us kind of dissect this game and much more in the NFL. How about host of the New York City cast, Will Hill, will share his thoughts. I know he came on last week, kind of told us where he was looking to bet this game. He's got some added plays to this matchup along with a big preview of the slate of Thanksgiving games. So Will will be joining us in 15 minutes. Then later, half hour from now, Adam Burke. Beeson's betting analyst has great write-ups in the daily newsletter, vsin.com, slash subscribe to check it out. But we'll talk about tonight's game. We'll talk some college football and just some other areas he sees as a good opportunity to make some wagers either for tonight or a little bit later in the week. So excited to talk with Adam. That's going to be in 30 minutes at the end of the show since we do have a primetime game. You know how we roll here. We've got some props. We'll be doing prop shelf. couple that I really like. One specifically I tweeted about earlier, but that I did make a play on, so we'll kind of dish that out later in the show. But before we get into everything, let's just get you squared away with how this game has moved, where the line is, and then we'll get into the first half betting angles with my better half. But to kick things off, 
You know, this game opened 12 and a half with the very early opening lines, really, in favor of Tampa Bay, of course. And total opened about 51. And now you're seeing it at 11. And it seems like everyone we've talked to is looking to take the points with the Giants. And I'm not saying that that means it's an automatic play on Tampa Bay because, of course, the public could look at this game and, you know, Tampa Bay due to win. And they're probably going to do it in an impressive fashion against a lackluster Giants team. 11 is too high for me to want to lay it but I'm not really in love with the idea of taking the points with the Giants. In terms of the spread, I think this one's kind of a stay away for me. The total, as of late, has been catching my attention a little bit more so. Now, it did move down to the under, 51 to 49 and a half, and that's where it stands, over, under, minus 110 each way. And I kind of get and understand the late buyback for wanting to bet the over now because I honestly could see Tampa Bay dropping about 30-plus in this game. The big question, of course, is are you going to get enough out of the Giants? And we know how kind of vulnerable this Tampa Bay defense has been lately, and especially now that they're a little bit banged up coming into this game. But can we trust the Giants? That's the big question that you got to ask when betting a total over involving the G-Men. So I do lean over. Spread, I'm probably not touching it, but wouldn't be shocked if Tampa Bay still plays down to their opponent or if they go out there and stomp them. So for that reason, not enough conviction staying away from this spread. Let's get into the first half betting angles of this game. It is that time, ladies and gentlemen. My better half right here on Rush Hour. Giants and Bucks. Gross game because we have to see the Giants again. But let's see what betting opportunities there may be in the first half of this affair, starting with the first half three-way betting line. And this allows you to bet the tie and you get better value on the Giants and Bucks. But if it does push, meaning if it does tie and you didn't bet it, you don't get your money back. You lose because it is a betting option. And in this case, the Giants plus 290, Bucks minus 305, and the tie is 13 to 1. If you want to do the tie, no bet. So if it is knotted up heading into the second half and, you know, you bet on the Giants or Bucks, you would get your money back. But you're only getting plus 275 on the Giants, and you're laying upwards to minus 375 on Tampa Bay. This season, thus far, the Giants they're 1-7-1 and one on the first half money line. Brutal all around. The only time they're leading is when it was 5-3 to three going into the second half against Carolina. How gross is that? That's the one time they've been leading going into the second half. Bucks on the other side, not too great, but obviously better. I mean, they're 5-4 to four on the first half money line. Every game that they've actually trailed going into the second half has been on the road. So, look, I mean, versus Dallas week one, they were leading 21-16. to 16. Atlanta at home in Tampa Bay week two they're leading 21 to 10 24 to 10 they were leading versus Miami at home uh, then Chicago obviously they stomped them down several weeks ago 35 to 3 and that's the last home game they've had so oddly enough the home games they've been doing fairly well in the first half and a great opportunity to do it against the Giants but to lay over $3 is unreasonable. We understand that. So let's introduce a spread to this game and see if that's worth a play. The number at Bet Rivers is 6.5, and, and it's steep. We don't like laying that high of a spread in the first half, whatever the situation is. But can we trust the Giants here catching 6.5? If you do, you're laying minus 105. But if you're thinking opposite, laying 6 in the hook with Tampa Bay, it's minus 118. Now, like we always do, we like to apply the current spread for this game to every pass game for each team. And with the Giants, if we put them catching six and a half in every single game thus far, they would actually be seven and two against the spread. So no, they're not coming out on top heading into the second half, but they're covering this high spread of six and a half, seven and two ATS this season. They have an average first half losing margin of 6.7. 
But do you trust him against Tampa Bay, who is desperate for a win? Tom Brady, we know the narrative struggles in primetime. This team has not looked the same, but they're going to come out with a chip on their shoulder. you got to imagine. And if we had Tampa Bay laying six in the hook, not great. I mean, four and five ATS. But like we said, at home, they've been a completely different animal when they've been playing overall, but specifically in the first half. They have an average first half winning margin of 15.2. So do you think the Giants can keep it close? Do you think they can establish any sort of ground game to maybe wind down some of that clock with Saquon Barkley going to be back in the mix somewhat? We'll see how much playing time he gets. But look, you know, Tampa Bay's defense where they have been thriving is against the run. They're fourth in DVOA run defense. The passing game is where they've had their issues. We understand that. And the Giants... You know, Daniel Jones, what kind of performance are we actually going to get out of him? He's getting a little bit healthier with the receiving core, but nothing that would make me run to the counter to want to back the Giants in this spot. Because it's a little bit too high, I think I got to opt out of this one too. And it's just so tough in a game where, yeah, the Bucks have looked poor, but we know how good they can be, and it's such a high score. I just I think we're better off waiting for the in-game betting perspective than trying to determine this pre-flop with the high spread of six and a half with a Bucks team that has done better at home. Looking for the win. Average first half winning margin of 15.2. I don't know. It's tough. If you have any different thoughts, let me know because I have no confidence in betting this first half in terms of the spread or outright winners. But where you maybe get a little bit more confidence out of me would be with the total points as it typically garners from me a little bit more conviction with betting the points and 25 and a half is the total points you're seeing listed in the first half. It is shaded to the over, minus 118. The under 25 and a half is minus 105. Now, the Giants in all their first halves have only gone over 25 and a half in just two games out of nine. 27 was a total score versus Dallas, 31 versus the Rams, right? I mean, in both games, they didn't cover the first half spread either, just to throw that out. But the Bucks on the other side have gone over 25 and a half points in five out of their nine games. So do you think that's going to be something that comes to fruition? And look, we were talking about that going over. I mean, when the Giants were playing Dallas, it's because, or the Rams, excuse me, because Los Angeles put up 28 themselves. The Giants just put up three, like we were saying. And then, you know, against that game earlier, too, Dallas was 17 to 10. So they didn't cover, but higher scoring affair there. The individual total points, the Bucks are at 16 and a half, very high, shaded to the under minus 122. But every time they have led going into the second half, they've gone over this mark. The Giants have allowed opponents over this mark in just two games, the ones we just mentioned, the Rams and the Cowboys. So if you think the Bucks are ready to come out firing, maybe the over's your play, but I just can't really convince myself to bet an over for a first half of 16 and a half, regardless of how good this Tampa Bay offense can be in the first halves and regardless of how little I think of the Giants. And with that being said, I mean, the Giants in their first half total at nine and a half, this is shaded to the over minus 121. Now, the Giants have actually been held under this in a majority of games. Five out of nine, they have failed to get 10 or more points in the first half. The Bucs, though, I mean, again, we know how kind of lackadaisical their defense have been. They have allowed opposing teams to get over nine and a half first half points in six out of nine games. The teams who didn't, Chicago got three, Philly got seven, New England got seven. I would actually lean under, if anything, because I don't want to lay a price to trust the Giants to get double-digit points in this game. And the reason, again, that I'm not going to be ultimately betting this one is because the Bucks' defense is a little bit injured coming into this game. And, heck, who knows? Maybe the Giants do have some kind of momentum with some players coming back in the mix, like Galladay as a receiver and Barkley in the backfield. But 
Uh, nothing that would warrant a play out of me for the first half. So I'm sorry, but I absolutely hate the first half for this game. But just wanted to still give you the, the numbers and kind of the stats and which way I would kind of be leaning in that spot. But before we end up here, I did want to talk about a, a, a bet that I do think could be worth a look. And this is going to be for the full game now. And I kind of mentioned this at the beginning of this segment. But in terms of total points for the full game, the Bucks total points at 30 and a half kind of has me considering that fairly strongly. Now, the over is shaded that way, minus 117, but the Bucks are averaging 31 points per game, okay? The Giants defensively are allowing opponents 24 points per contest, but at home, more specifically, I get it. Some people don't care about the splits as much, but for the Bucks, it's been fairly evident this season. At home, Tampa Bay is averaging 42.3 points per game. Dropped 38 versus Chicago, 45 versus Miami, 48 versus Atlanta, 31 versus Dallas. You could go, oh, look, Danny, those defenses aren't great. Okay, you think the Giants' defense is that much better? They're pretty much in the similar category as the Bears, as the Dolphins, as the Falcons. I know they've played better over the last several weeks. I get that, but again, this Tampa Bay offense is going to be feasting. Tom Brady is going to be livid coming into this game, especially on primetime, knowing what's happened the past couple of weeks. So if they get up, I think they're going to keep pushing the pedal down. Like they were trying to do against the Bears, too, in that game where they clearly had wrapped up. If you remember, I mean, they just keep going and keep going. So I know 30 and a half is high, but if you're looking for that kind of different type of bet, I think team total for the Bucks looking over could be a decent option. And the Giants defensively, they've only allowed two teams over this. Dallas got 44, Los Angeles Rams got 38, but on the road, they're allowing 29 points per game. A little bit worse on the road for the Giants. And hey, like we said, the Bucks a lot better, especially offensively at home. So maybe consider that if you don't like anything in the first half, such as myself. We'll see what Will Hill, host of the New York City Cast, has to say about this game. Stick around, it is rush hour. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. You've got the city casts that are in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Philadelphia. Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, and of course, in the Big Apple, New York, hosted by Will Hill. So subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts and you get hooked up five episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. And like we just mentioned, the host of the New York CityCast is Will Hill, and he's joining us now on Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke. I host the Chicago one, but our interests lie with Will tonight out on the East Coast because uh, team he follows closely naturally, the Giants have a tough matchup tonight against the Buccaneers. And, Will, I know we kind of talked about this game last week. Has anything shifted in your thought process? This line is at 11 at Bet Rivers. Total is dipped to 49 and a half. What kind of, I guess, in terms of how you think this game plays out, has it been the same? Has it altered? What do you think occurs tonight? Yeah, I would probably lean Giants. I just think the more we watch this league, it's a lot of parity. It's just hard to lay points in this league. It's just so many of these teams are so close. Um, you know, in terms of talent level, a lot of these teams are flawed in their own way. Giants are actually getting a little bit healthier. It looks like they'll get Barkley back. Maybe it's on a pitch count, but they're going to have Barkley back. They're going to have Booker. They're going to have their receivers back, you know, Gallaudet and Tony. They've had a million injuries. Really, both teams have had a hard time keeping guys healthy. Uh, Tampa looks like they're going to they're be without Vita Vea. Um, they've been beat up in the secondary, really beat up. And they're not the same defense, especially against the run, without Vita Vea in there. So maybe with Barkley back and Vea out, Giants will be able to run the ball. Giants got some weapons. You know, when they're healthy, they got they got some pretty good uh, 
players on the outside, obviously we don't love Jones as a quarterback. But to me, this number is a little high. I would lean towards the 11. Haven't bet it yet. I definitely think if I get the 11 and a half, I will. Um, and I would lean towards the over. I do think there's going to be some points in this game. Yeah, so why do you think the initial movement from the 51 got bet down to 49 and a half? Because the closer we're getting to this game, Will, I, I kind of concur with you. I, I think this could be a higher scoring game, and if not from the Giants, at least from Tampa Bay. I guess my concern, like I said, would be if the Giants could score enough. But as you alluded to, I mean, Tampa Bay's defense is a little bit banged up here. Yeah, the Giants have actually been pretty good on defense, and we know Tampa, they're they are pretty good on D, good against the run, but like you said, without Vea, uh, it, it's a little different, so maybe just uh, at 51, it's a little, it was a little too high, but to me, this is over a pass. I think we're going to see some points tonight. All right, well, let's move on to Thanksgiving. Uh, fortunately, we got to talk about this game, but the Bears Ooh. and the Lions... The first Bears game I went to was this past Sunday, Will, and, uh, you know, obviously you know how that went down. But, look, th this is a tough spot, and I was talking about this during the Chicago City Cats today, kind of just pondering. I mean, at this point, is the locker room lost? Are people giving up on nagging? You saw that report go out on Twitter today that that is the case. So I I'm torn. It's like, do these players want to be the team that gives the Lions their first win, or are they fed up with nagging? They don't have the motivation going out there, and we're assuming it's going to be Andy Dalton. So I, I really don't know, Will, but the line is three and a half. The total's at 41 and a half. How the heck do you bet this thing? Well, you have to bet it. The other alternative is, is hanging out and talking to your family. You have to bet this game. It's the only, it's the only way to avoid it. Um, so you were at the Bears game yesterday. So you did not see David Blau in his 77 impressive passing yards. Uh, if he plays, he's an automatic play against. He's just not an NFL quarterback. He played at UConn. He had one touchdown and 13 interceptions. Just, just shouldn't be playing in the NFL. I mean, a lot of people said, how could you be worse than Goff? Well, we saw yesterday how you can be worse than Goff. I actually think Dalton, at least in the short term, is better than Fields. You know, Fields did nothing yesterday. Dalton went in and threw for 200 yards, you know, converted that big fourth and 11 for the touchdown. So that was strange how Baltimore just went all out on the blitz there, fourth and 11. That was a, a strange, strange play call. But I would actually lean towards the Bears. You know, the Lions have alternated between being competitive and just getting absolutely blown out. So this might be one where Detroit is overmatched. I do think you make a good point, and it's nothing against Justin Fields, but I think the play calling just gets simplified, and they just do things a little bit more normal, a little bit more right, not try to do too much when it's Andy Dalton versus Justin Fields. And again, you know, obviously most Bears fans, if not all, would prefer Fields out there, but because of how inept this coaching staff is in the play calling, it gets a little bit easier when it's Andy Dalton, and you saw that happen, as you mentioned, Will, against the Ravens on uh, yesterday. So, yeah, I, I get that. I just, uh, the Bears would be the team to lose to the Lions. That's just how it goes. But you're right, Lions dealing with a tough quarterback situation themselves. So we'll see what goes down in the first game on Thanksgiving. Moving forward, though, we got the Raiders and the Cowboys to look upon. And look, Dallas is laying seven despite their losses past weekend. But again, you know, the Raiders have looked worse and worse and worse week after week. This total's at about 50 and a half. Do you have any faith in Las Vegas in this spot? Um, first of all, it's hard for me to answer these questions because I can see in the split box here, I think that's Kay Adams of the NFL Network. Man, that is a, a distraction. Get that off. I need to look at something else. Um, I, like, I like the Raiders here. I just think it's too many points with Dallas. If you look at the injury report, it's going to be no Cooper. It's likely going to be no CeeDee Lamb. Dallas, we saw yesterday, without their weapons, just not the same offense. Really had a hard time blocking uh, the Chiefs. I mean, Dak was getting hit. Every time he looked, Dak was getting hit. Really had a, a lot of trouble protecting. And like I said with the Giants game, it's really, it's just, it's tough to lay more than a touchdown in this league. This league, 
you know, early in the year, Survivor was easy going. The last month or so, it's just been carnage. You've had upset after upset, and you know, I just can't lay seven. I know the Raiders are a mess right now, but you figure with Carr, they'll be able to move the ball a little bit. To me, it's Raiders or pass. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, this year has been so wonky. You're right. I mean, laying the high spreads have been really just not viable, it seems, at this point. And look, we saw it happen with this next team. The Bills this past week got up to seven and a half. The Colts go out there and absolutely stomp them. And the Bills, their path doesn't necessarily get any easier. I mean, they are the favorite on the road against the Saints, laying four in the hook. This total's at 46 and a half. This is, this is kind of just a really odd spot all around, and I think betting in a Saints game in general is. I faded them this past week with the Eagles, but look, again, I, I just can't make up what to expect out of this Bills team, Will. Yeah, you could say that about the Bills, and you could say that about like 28, 29 of these teams. It's just such a weird league right now. You know, if if you're looking for a sleeper to win it all, this could be a year where you look at somebody that they're 70, 80 to 1, and they come out of nowhere to win it all, whether that's the Colts, the Vikings, the 49ers. I, I mentioned a couple week ago, uh, weeks ago that the Seahawks were, were dangerous. They are only dangerous to my bank account, uh, as we found out. But I would lean towards the Saints here. Look at, look at the Bills. Who have they beaten? They beat Miami. They beat the Jets. They beat Miami again. They beat Washington. Uh, and they beat the Texans. Congratulations. I mean, are we sure the Bills are good? I, I'm not I'm not sold on that. They did beat the Chiefs. That was when the Chiefs weren't playing well. To me, the Saints, they're a strange team, but it would be Saints or pass here. I'm probably going to bet the Saints, but I'll probably wait. I could see this line going up and up. This is the, the Thursday night game, primetime, standalone. I'm sure the public will be all over the Bills despite the game the other day. Uh, maybe get to a five, a five and a half. I'm, I'm going to wait, but I think I'm going to bet the Saints here. All right, Will, before we let you go, you know, I got to give you a little grief here. We had uh, your Knicks yeah. taking on my Bulls last night, and the yeah. Bulls got some vengeance from that first loss. But uh, what do you think of the Bulls tonight, though? I mean, they're taking on the Pacers. Looks like a lot of love coming in for Indiana. Line was at three and a half down to two. I know no Caruso for this game. Second leg of a back-to-back. -back. Is this a buy-low spot on Chicago, or are you a little bit leery taking the Bulls in this tough situational spot? I think I would lean Bulls, and I'm actually a Lakers fan, and I am I am very jealous. I want Caruso back. It's absurd the way they the way the Lakers <laughs> handled that, letting Caruso go, trading for Westbrook. They had a team that won the championship, uh, basically no offseason. They start last year; they're 21 and six. They they get hurt, so you know they go out early to the Suns, and the season falls apart. Then they blow everything up. It made no sense. Caruso's a hell of a player, as you're finding out. I mean, what a defender that guy is. Um, I would actually lean towards the Bulls here. You can get minus two, minus 135 on the money line. I, I would actually lean towards the Bulls. I like it. Hey, Will, you're the man. Appreciate you giving us some great insight as always. You know, for your sake, I'm hoping the Giants keep it close. Well, for everybody's sake, let's just hope it's at least somewhat of a good game because I've had enough of the Giants on prime time. But for the sake of your city, cast, it's always good news, and we look forward to hearing more of your episodes, my friend. DB, you're the man. Anytime. I I'm happy to come on. VEASAN.com slash podcast. Throwing a curveball at everyone. <laughs> you got it. There he is, Will Hill, at not the Will Hill on Twitter. Again, host of the New York City cast, goes on a lot of different shows here on VEASAN, so VSIN.com slash podcast slash subscribe. You get access to everything, but Will also does some write-ups, the daily newsletter, Point Spread Weekly, so all a part of VEASAN. Great deal out now heading into Black Friday. But look, going back to that Bulls game again with the Pacers, just to touch on that really quick before we head out here. So as I was mentioning, I mean, this line opened three and a half in favor of Chicago. And naturally, you're going to give them the edge at home against the Pacers team that really has not looked great. And even more so, they've been awful on the road this season. They're 2-9 and nine away from their home court is Indiana. And the Bulls on the other side, I believe they're about 6-2, and 6-3 and three at home. 
And again, you know, it, it's a little bit tough wanting to bet the Bulls here in the sense that they just came off that road trip. They just had a game and one where they were trailing last night against the Knicks, so it wasn't a comfortable win. And now you got the second leg of a back-to-back. -back. I know some people don't take it into account as much, especially earlier in the season. But I'm kind of with Will. I, I think it's a little bit more of a buy-low spot on Chicago. They are missing Caruso in this game. They're already missing Vucevic still, as we know. So the best approach, I think, as has been the case for a lot of Bulls games, let's just have some patience. Let's wait for the in-game betting opportunity. I'm sure there's going to be a point where the Bulls are catching or where they're trailing at least by six or more points. Then jump in on the Chicago team that always finds a way to make it close, especially at home where they do better against the Pacers team that blows on the road. That's going to be my approach for this game. But let's see Adam Burke's approach to tonight's football game and many more coming up next here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Black Friday offer is here, and right now, when you sign up for our $99 midseason football special, you'll also receive $20 credit to the VSIN store. So get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus $20 worth of credit to buy VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. But hurry, because this is a limited time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's V-S-I-N.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to the show. It is Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and we are live out of the Bet River Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois. Joining us now, Adam Burke. My producer likes to say my long-lost cousin at Skating Tripods, where you can follow him on Twitter. Adam, a pleasure as always for you joining us, previewing tonight's game, some college football, and if we have some time, some college hoops. But let's begin with this game that is, look, hopefully it's going to be somewhat entertaining. But we get the Giants on primetime again. They're taking on the Bucks, who are desperate for a win. Tampa Bay laying 11. This line is down to 49 and a half. I, I don't see too many angles to betting it. But do you see anything maybe worth a play or any in-game philosophy you're looking to bet toward? Yeah, I think this is a pretty tricky game here to bet tonight, Danny. One thing I will mention off the top is that I think we may have talked about it on your show, but I know I've discussed it on Betting Across America uh, before on my Wednesday spot. But teams coming off the bye, going into Week 11 here, were 5-11 and 11 against the spread. And if you take away the games where two teams were playing each other off the bye, teams were 3-9 and nine against the spread coming off the bye. This week, they're 3-0. and oh. You got the win for the Bengals. You got a cover for the Bears and then also an outright win for the Texans. So maybe that's a good sign for the Giants here tonight as teams seem to be doing a little bit better here coming off of the bye. Look, Tampa Bay looked so bad last week that you have to expect water to find its level with this Buccaneers team. But you know, the thing about the Giants is they're actually very decent against the pass. They are not good at all whatsoever against the run. So maybe that's something that does help Tampa Bay tonight a little bit. Maybe that's something that kind of pushes you towards the over. But as far as tonight's game, I don't really have a whole lot. I don't even know if I like that much from a prop betting standpoint in this game. Kind of looked at Daniel Jones' pass yards over, just expecting the Giants to trail throughout the game. But that number was a little bit inflated with that expectation. So nothing for me on tonight's game. And uh, hopefully we got some better stuff in the NFL later this week. 
Yeah, and you mentioned the props. I mean, I only really like one, maybe two of them, and I was going to talk about Daniel Jones. But, I mean, you're right because that's the expectation that they're going to be from behind and Tampa Bay secondary worse than their run defense. So it is a little bit inflated. And, you know, you can't just blindly bet it based on what you think without considering where those numbers should be versus where they are. So I'm with you here. Not the best wagering game, but we'll see if there's anything in-game uh, tonight for Monday Night Football. But I know you got some early thoughts, as you typically do with college football, so let's get some plays where you have a little bit more uh, conviction on it. And let's start with Notre Dame and Stanford. Now, the Fighting Irish, they're getting into the conversation, potentially the college football playoff. They're laying 19 on the road against Stanford, Adam, this total 52 and a half. What did you see early on that you like to bet in this matchup? Yeah, you know, this is one where the line has moved up a little bit, and, and understandably so. Notre Dame opened in the 16, 16 and a half range. It got pumped up to 19 here. Look, Stanford last week gave up 611 yards to Cal. I mean, the Golden Bears are not thought of as an elite offensive team, and they just marched up and down the field on Stanford here. So maybe a little bit of a sign that possibly the trees have quit on the season here. David Shaw, look, this is not the expectation for this program to have the season that Stanford has had. They've had kind of some quarterback questions, some quarterback injuries and all of that. But for Notre Dame here, one of the things that's always been held against them from a college football playoff standpoint is that they don't have a conference championship game because they're an independent team. So for Notre Dame, this is their last chance to make any sort of impression whatsoever for the college football playoff committee. We saw them do it last week against Georgia Tech. I think they do it here this week against Stanford as well. So they'll win this game by a significant margin and they'll hope for the best with the other games and also with conference championship weekend in hopes that they could sneak into that discussion. But Stanford looks to me like a team that's quit on the season here. And I think Notre Dame can take advantage of it. Makes sense to me. Now, Adam, what about this next matchup Saturday, 11 a.m. Central time? You've got Baylor laying 14 in the hook. Texas Tech, uh, the road underdog here with a total of 52 this is kind of an, a, a tricky spot for me to want to handicap, so I'm, I'm very glad that you liked or at least enough of a play to talk about it here. So which side do you see having value now? Yeah, you know, I, I think when you look at week 13 or whatever week number the final week of the regular season is, there's a lot more that goes in it other than just the statistical profile. And this is one of those games here for me. Last week, Texas Tech shut out for the first time in almost 25 years. So that's not something that they're accustomed to. You'd expect them to bounce back from that kind of performance. But you've got a lot of coaching things in play here. Dave Aranda, probably going to get an LSU interview if he hasn't already. That's something that's a big-time distraction for Baylor. Also for Baylor, they don't control their own destiny. They'll be worried about what happens in Bedlam between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. They still have to win this game but they would need an Oklahoma loss in order to make it to the Big 12 championship game. But the biggest angle to me in this game is actually Texas Tech's new head coach, Joey McGuire. Now, he's not the acting head coach right now. That's Sonny Cumbie, who's the interim. But Joey McGuire was actually on this Baylor staff until he took the Texas Tech job in November. He was the associate head coach and the outside linebackers coach, also said to be an exceptional recruiter. So he probably recruited most of these players to Waco, while on this coaching staff. So he knows this team inside and out. I'm sure he's part of the preparation and the game plan for the Texas Tech Red Raiders here. So I actually like them plus 14 and a half. And certainly it doesn't hurt that Baylor quarterback Jerry Bohannon left last week's game with a hamstring injury, and he is questionable for this week. 
All right, Adam, let's transition. We'll keep it college, but let's go basketball. Now, personally, I'm not a huge college basketball better. I think it's such a volatile sport, and I'm just, you know, fully ingrained with college football, NFL, basketball, hockey that, you know, I don't kind of want to, you know, just go a half effort into it. So I love talking to other people about it, and I know early on there's a lot of value betting these games. So what can you tell us about some of these smaller schools that I know you like to kind of dive into college football-wise what can you look to do with them in college basketball? And I know a game that's standing out to you, UTEP, UC Riverside tonight, UTEP laying four in the hook. Well, actually, the game I'm looking at for tonight, Danny, is George Mason and Washington. And this is a neutral site game up in South Dakota. Washington plays a zone. Head coach Mike Hopkins came over from Syracuse. So he plays that Syracuse matchup zone, which typically forces teams to shoot from the outside. George Mason has no problem with doing that. George Mason actually really enjoys shooting threes, a 48.6% three-point rate this season. So almost half of their shots have been threes in their games so far, and they've shot better than 41% on those three-point attempts. So they actually match up pretty well here against this Washington zone defense. George Mason also a little bit better of an offensive rebounding team over the last few games. Teams that play a zone do not rebound the ball well defensively. You get a lot of long rebounds with the long jump shots, and also guys just kind of out of position a little bit. The interior of the floor is open. So George Mason may get some offensive rebounds here tonight, some second chance opportunities, and also a really, really quality shooting team so far this season. So I like George Mason minus the four and a half. But to your point about college basketball, I handicap a lot from the statistics in college hoops. I'm actually going to start writing a new article for vcin.com and also Point Spread Weekly, looking at some positive and negative regression teams based on the statistics that are out there, albeit in small sample sizes here so far. So I typically do wait until the late December when I have enough of a sample size to handicap college basketball. But I do try to pick out little spot plays here and there, familiarize myself with some of these teams. And that's what happened here tonight with this George Mason play. All right, I like it. George Mason lane four in the hook. That game tipping off in probably about two and a half hours. We'll look to root that on with you, Adam. And we got about 90 seconds left in the segment. Really quick, I wanted to ask you, any early NFL action for this upcoming week, whether on Thanksgiving Day or beyond, that has kind of caught your attention at this point? Yeah, a couple of things I've kind of looked at here. I think the Bills-Saints under is a pretty good look on Thursday night for the Thanksgiving games. I know the Saints just gave up 40 points to Philadelphia, but if you go into the box score and kind of look through that one a little bit, the New Orleans defense wasn't nearly as bad as that final score would suggest. Buffalo with some offensive issues here. Josh Allen with some inaccuracies throwing the football. Can't really find Stephon Diggs regularly. That's a big problem for them. They don't have the best running game. So I'm kind of looking under in that Bills and Saints game. And then kind of a marquee game for the weekend here that I'm looking at. This Rams and Packers game fascinates me, you know, because, look, there were some questions about Aaron Rodgers and that toe injury going into the game against the Vikings. He wound up with a masterful performance, a great stat line. Defense couldn't really bail him out in that one. The Rams have not looked good the last two games that they've had. They're coming off the bye. Maybe Matt Stafford gets a little bit healthier. But when the Rams have stepped up in class, teams have really moved the ball on them effectively. The Titans didn't do it, but then the Rams offense didn't do anything in that game. So I have to see it to believe it from the Rams against better teams here. I know they beat Tampa Bay earlier on in the year, but Tampa Bay really won that box score in a lot of ways. So I like the Packers here this week. I think Aaron Rodgers is playing at a very high level, and that defense should bounce back, especially if it gets a little bit healthier. So those are the two things I'm looking at here so far, but it's still very early in the week. 
All right, Adam Burke, ladies and gentlemen, once again, at Skating Tripods on Twitter, daily newsletter, vcin.com slash subscribe. Adam, appreciate your time as always, and enjoy the game as much as you can tonight. Absolutely. Have a good night, Danny. All right, coming up next, we're doing Prop Shell for that game. Stick around. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bet Rivers Sportsbook takes football same game parlays to a whole different level. Now you can combine same game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to try to make your perfect combo. In addition to that, Bet Rivers has added more and more same game parlay props for college football matchups just in time for the biggest games of the season. So download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to explore all the ways you can create your ideal combo. Must be 21 gambling problem, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER, Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Colorado, 1-800-522-4700, Michigan, 1-800-270-7117, one triple eight five three two thirty five hundred in Virginia and Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF, playable in New Jersey as play Sugar House, void where prohibited. Okay, final segment here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network for Rush Hour. Danny Burke, your host. You can always follow me on Twitter at Danny Burke 5 Let me know what you're riding with tonight. If you like any props, anything straight up for Monday Night Football. And if you don't like anything, well, maybe we can introduce you something that could be worth the play. It is time for Prop Shelf here on Rush Hour, where we dive into the top props for the primetime game, Giants and Bucks. Trying to get as excited about watching the Giants on Prime time as I can but maybe they'll uh they'll be giants enough to help this first prop bet go over and I'm looking at Leonard Fournette I tweeted out this earlier in the day because the line was going to move and put it in the VEASAN best bets log page too so of course always subscribe VEASAN.com slash subscribe so you get everybody's show host guests all their plays throughout the day if you miss it and just when we put them in earlier now the best number was 60 and a half minus 125 and you know, full disclosure, I played that earlier in the day, but he can still get about 62 and a half, 64 and a halfs out there for Leonard Fournette. And I think you're playing it as high as about 64 and a half for him to go over his rushing yards. Because at this point, you know, he's only averaging 54 rushing yards per game. I get it. He's only gone over this mark in four out of nine games and hasn't the last two games. But also remember in those last two games, they were trailing. So they're not going to be you know, feeding Leonard Fournette as much because they need to catch up. They were playing catch up and needing to throw the ball. We talked with Adam Burke. He mentioned it, and we'll talk about it here. I mean, the Giants defensively, they're not a train wreck, and where they are not too bad is against the pass, and that's what the Bucks love to do. But, hey, again, if, if we're going into this game with a thought process that Tampa Bay is going to be leading, they're going to have more time to run the ball. They're going to do that to wind down the clock, and they're going to take advantage of this Giants defense that ranks 30th in DVOA run defense, allowing 123 rushing yards per game and opposing tailbacks 4.5 yards per carry, which is 25th in the National Football League. No bueno for the Giants and their run defense. Now, again, you look at Fournette. He's only gone over this four times this season. The four games he's gone over it, is matchups where they were leading and they felt comfortable utilizing him to run the ball, right? And in those span of four games, he was averaging 80.3 rushing yards per game. I think you're going to get somewhere, maybe not 80 yards isn't what I'm saying, but somewhere of the kind of performance we've seen from Leonard Fournette in those four games when they were leading. 
it's not going to shock me to see Tampa Bay go out there and absolutely dominate after the crap performances we've seen from them in the past two weeks, especially coming off the bye, going home where they're more comfortable. I think they really get a good performance out of Leonard Fournette, even if they're not completely dominating. I think they understand the weaknesses of the New York Giants, and I think they look to utilize Leonard Fournette enough for him to go over his, go over his rushing yards prop. Anywhere from 60.5 to 64.5 is where I would play it. Again, I pulled the trigger on 60.5, but would play it up to 64.5 for Leonard Fournette. If he can get about 14, 15 carries in this game, I think we could see a really good effort out of him exposing that weak run defense that the Giants possess. Now, sticking on Leonard Fournette, that is a play that I'm officially making. This one is more so a very strong lean. And the reason I'm ultimately not betting it is just because I'm a little, I mean, not that I know what, obviously what Tampa Bay is going to do scheming-wise, but I think the passing game is a little bit tougher to figure out. But Leonard Fournette and his receiving yards over 25 and a half could also be something you could tack on to play for Leonard Fournette. He's getting about 4.2 catches per game, 32 receiving yards per contest, and he's gone over this in every single game except for three spots. So six out of nine games for net has gotten more than 25 and a half receiving yards, right? And it could be favorable considering, again, it's the Giants. I know they're a little bit better in the passing game, but they're not great. And they're also allowing opposing running backs on average six catches for 54 receiving yards per game. Every Giants opponent, that is a featured running back, who uh, has featured a running back, excuse me, who has eclipsed this mark except for Denver in week one. Otherwise, every single opponent has had a running back get more than 25 and a half receiving yards. And in an offense where Fournette is really used in the passing game, you got to think it could also absolutely be a great chance of happening tonight. But at the same time, if they get up to that big lead, they won't need to pass it as much. And I get it, 25 and a half isn't that much. It could take one play. For all you know, and Leonard Fournette could get over it, maybe two to be realistic. But Matt Brown, I think, made a good point. BSIN.com slash subscribe. You get the write-ups for everybody's best bets for prime time. And he was thinking, well, you know, this number could be a little bit inflated because we saw Leonard Fournette get what? I think it was eight catches, ten catches, whatever it was last week. So the number naturally was adjusted. And this may be a different scheme for the Bucks. Plus, with Gronk presumably back in the mix, that could be something else that could take away from him. Who knows? But I do think the strong lean should be over with Fournette, 25 and a half. But I'm just not fully there to commit on it financially. So I do think we could trust him more so with the rushing yards over 60 and a half to up to 64 and a half. Receiving yards is a strong lean. But just wanted to point that out there. Every opposing team has had a running back over this mark except week one when the Broncos did not. So something to consider with Fournette as well over his receiving yards. But now let's move on. To the Giants side of things with Daniel Jones. We talked about this prop a little bit earlier with Adam as well. You know, the number naturally going to be inflated with the assumption the Giants are probably trailing and their pass defense, Tampa Bay being, is worse than their run defense. But if there's one thing to play for Danny, I don't even like calling him Danny Dines because he's just not that good. Uh, his pass completion's 22 and a half, shaded to the over minus 130. It's tough to want to lay the minus 130 to the over because, look, you're laying that much with Daniel Jones. He's averaging 24 completions in eight full games he's played. We're not counting the game where he left with an injury, but he's averaging about 24 completions. So he's averaging over this prop mark, but he's only gone over it in four out of the eight full games he's played, right? And you look at the Bucs, they're actually dead last in the NFL in terms of opponent completions, right? They're allowing their opponents 27.3 pass completions per game. That is the most in the National Football League. But do we trust Daniel Jones and more so? Do we want to lay minus 130 thinking he could get over that mark? 
Now, against the Bucs, the only quarterbacks not to get over this was Jalen Hurts, who had 12 completions. Justin Fields just missed it with 22. And then Trevor Simeon and Jameis Winston combined for 22. So six out of nine overall opponents have gone over this marker, have had a quarterback to throw at least 23 pass completions. And again, Tampa Bay is worse in the passing game, still banged up with the DBs. No Richard Sherman, how much value you think he presents. They rank 12th in DVOA pass defense, but again, they're fourth against the run. So I'm not envisioning a great ground attack from the Giants. They're going to be forced to throw. So I would lean over with Daniel Jones, but I don't like laying the 130, but something to consider. Also, finally, Evan Ingram. I'm thinking Ingram could be a big target for Daniel Jones if there's going to be one tonight. His receiving yards prop is 35 and a half. And look, the Bucs don't play tight ends too well. They're allowing opposing tight ends about 6.6 receptions for 56 receiving yards per game to opposing tight ends. Now, Ingram isn't necessarily dominant, but he is averaging about four catches on five targets for 32 receiving yards per game. Five opposing tight ends have gone over this mark versus Tampa Bay. Maybe Evan Ingram could be utilized efficiently from Daniel Jones. So consider Evan Ingram over his receiving yards prop and also consider him anytime touchdown plus 330. He's actually leading the team in receiving touchdowns with two. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of sad, but that's the case. They like to spread it out. A lot of guys got one touchdown, but the leader in passing is Evan Ingram with two receiving touchdowns, believe it or not. But again, you know, the Bucks defensively a lot better against the run than the pass. They have allowed 17 passing touchdowns compared to just six rushing touchdowns, and Evan Ingram could be the spotlight in the red zone. So if you want more of a value play, we get it. It's a little bit longer of a shot, but we always like to kind of throw out one anytime touchdown score prop bet that could be a top play to throw a little bit of, you know, some chump change on or some lunch money, whatever you want to call it. But Evan Ingram plus 330. If I was playing an anytime touchdown score, Ingram would probably be the best guy that I would think bang for your buck wise getting some value. I mean, Mike Evans has gotten a touchdown. I think he's gotten like four in the last three games, but you're laying a price for Mike Evans anytime touchdown. Does it happen? Yeah, probably. But in terms of that kind of bet, I don't think laying a price is necessarily ideal. So at the end of the day, we're only rolling with one bet tonight, but that is going to be Leonard Fournette over his rushing yards. Again, I got 60 and a half earlier. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at DannyBurk5 and telling you when the line's going to move and assuming it was going to and subscribe to vsinvsin.com slash subscribe. You can get those best bets from not only myself, but everyone else early on and throughout the day. But I think Fournette has a big game. This Giants run defense is not good. 30th in DVOA run defense. The majority of opposing backs have gone over this. I think the Bucs are going to make a statement tonight enough to get Fournette more opportunities on the ground. So that's the only one I'm playing, but also considers receiving yards over, but mostly the rushing yards with Fournette. Thank you guys for tuning in. Best luck with all your plays tonight. We'll catch up again tomorrow right here on Rush Hour. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge 
Challenge Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.